everyone and welcome back to this episode of the Psychflow podcast. I'm so happy to have you here and today on the podcast I'm super super excited to introduce you to Ansa Edim who is a storyteller and author. She just is here to really teach us about her dating endeavours and what she has learned about dating, dating in modern you know 2022 era post-covid um with all of these different you know dating apps and sites and different attitudes that people have towards dating some of her great stories she has um actually won awards for so i'm very excited to introduce you to our guest today before we go into the episode i do just want to please ask you to show her some love on her tiktok her username is answer edim you can easily find her you can also find her on her website and she also has tickets to her newest show she's also an author so i would love if you could you know look up her work and just show her some appreciation because she really deserves it i also wanted to once again no surprise here apologize for the audio we didn't actually think that this was going to be the time where going to be recording this episode I wholeheartedly thought you know we're just gonna kind of meet do like a pre-interview and then kind of talk about what we're gonna talk about during our next interview when we're actually gonna record the podcast but the conversation was so great the conversation was flowing so amazingly we were laughing we were touching upon so many different subjects that at the end of it we thought you know what this is such a raw amazing experience and I think this is such an authentic and great conversation that this is actually the one that should be published and so I'm coming to you with a little bit of a zoom quality zoom call quality audio so I do apologize but I do believe that this is truly the best of kind of both worlds and you get to enjoy us at our most vulnerable and most you know just raw and I think it it was a great conversation so I think you will still enjoy it nonetheless so without further ado welcome to this episode and I hope that you enjoy tell me a little bit about yourself please introduce yourself to my audience I'm so excited to have you on here um oh yeah of course so my name is Ansa and I am an author and storyteller and I talk mostly about my dating life or lack thereof um I'm in the U.S. in Washington D.C. And this is where I, I stay. This is my house here, you can see, um, with my two dogs, just me and my boys, Big Mac and Kiss, and they're sleeping around here somewhere. Amazing. What kind of dogs are they? Boxers. <gasps> Lovely. I've got a cane corso, but... Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, and he is... I've only seen one other. He is just the absolute, you know, sunshine of my life, so I totally relate. But I wanted... I, I have seen your um, website, I've seen that you do a lot of um, like appearances, like you stand on stage and you talk about, you know, your stories. Your stories. I have never experienced that. Um, I'm from the UK. I don't think it's quite as popular here. Um, yeah. Unless maybe it's so, kind of like one of these things that I just haven't really you uh-huh. know, heard of it. Uh, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a big thing. I'm not sure. But tell me about it. How does it work? Do you do you go out and you just tell your story and you know how does it tell me a little bit about it? I think it's so cool. Yeah it's definitely really cool and really fun and I love talking about it. Um, so basically storytelling as a thing I got started in sexy storytelling um, because I have a lot of sexy stories <laughs> to tell. Um, just the craziest stories and I've won uh, championships telling these stories and it's basically like 
there's a theme for the night and they'll say, okay, so the theme is happiness. And then you tell a story about a time you're happy or the theme is, you know, I think for the, the sexy storytelling I was in, the theme I think was like surprise. So I told the story of how I accidentally left a trail of condoms <laughs> walking down the street in the middle of the night. I had 400 condoms and that were gifted to me by a stranger and I was so scared that I like ran home and as I was trying to get home the bag ripped and so I had a bunch of condoms following me home and this really really handsome man I'm so lucky <laughs> found them and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said I think you dropped something and he gave me all these condoms back and then we ended up going back to my place. So that crazy, right? <laughs> so I know and then I never saw him again. He was this beautiful, tall, curly hair. He was just this beautiful man and he disappeared into the night. So so I tell these stories and um and I really love it. So I've been at in the in Washington DC we have the Kennedy Center, which is a big performing arts place. I was in a show for Women's History Month in March. Um, talking about how I learned I was fat. Um, I'm a plus size girl, I'm a, I'm a big baddie. And you don't, when you're a kid, you don't know that what fat is, you don't know. So I was living my life. And then some, this is a story of how I discovered, oh, I'm different, okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I have seen on your, sorry, I have seen on your, on your, on your website as well um, that you, this is a little bit about yourself on the website, that you have entered the wonderful world of dating apps at the age of 28 after a 10 year relationship. Um, was that a shock to you? Because I feel like I, I relate to that a little bit in terms that like I, I was in a, a long term relationship and then when I came out of it, I was I think about 22 or something. And like by that point it felt like everyone was doing tinder and plenty of fish and all of these and people just knew what it was and i had no idea and it was the weirdest thing ever it was really odd and i still have this really weird relationship with dating apps i have so many mixed kind of reviews and thoughts about them um how did how did you find that i hated it but i loved it but i hated it um i think similar to you i i didn't know i thought i was one of the lucky people who had found their forever person when i was young and i didn't have to think about it and he had a six pack and he was beautiful and and i you know had lower self-esteem of course at the time and now i turn people away like whatever but at the time i was like okay i have to be with this person forever because I don't know when I'm ever going to find someone else. And we were married. We got married at 22. And um, and it just turned out not to, you know, we were so young and we don't really know ourselves. And after a while, we decided to just end it, call it. And so I didn't know what to do. I was almost 30 years old. I'm 34 now. So this is relatively recent. And I was almost 30 years old. And I had only one boyfriend ever. and. I hadn't really hooked up with anyone else for a long time. And I just went crazy on Tinder. I was swiping on everybody. <laughs> and I was, yes, yes, okay, yes, yes. And so I went on so many dates that I had to start a spreadsheet um, of <laughs> first names and identifiable characteristics because I showed up to a date with, um, I love tattoos. I, I love your tattoos. Um, I have a bunch of tattoos too. And, um, and I showed up to a date with a guy who I thought had a lot of tattoos on his arms 
and he was wearing long sleeves. And I said, why are you covering up your beautiful tattoos? He didn't have any tattoos. <laughs> so I went home immediately and started a big spreadsheet. So I had, okay, main identifiable characteristic, like, cause I was messing up. <laughs> It was, it just kept going and I was going on so many dates. I was going on average like seven dates a week. So, and sometimes more, like I would go on multiple dates in one day. So maybe breakfast and lunch, maybe dinner and then drinks afterwards. And I would have to stack them to say, who do I want to go home with? He has to be the last one. <laughs> and, or if I'm having a good time, then I have to cancel with the other people. So I had to be really slick and it got really overwhelming. Because there's so many options. Suddenly, oh, yeah. like everybody can right. date. Yeah, and it's almost crazy. I'm gonna go back to your um, like the bio, the details about uh -huh. you in a second. But it's also crazy how, you know, I, I feel like I don't. And again, this could be a little bit of like cultural differences. But what I've found, because I'm originally from Poland, uh, I you know kind of grew up there until I was about like 13, maybe then I moved here. So my you know teenage years and young adulthood has been spent in the UK and the culture is very different back home. Um, the first man that you have a serious relationship a lot of the time is your husband. That's how my parents met. I mean, my mom was in complete shock when she found out that people here have multiple partners. That completely blew her mind. She was like, I can't believe it. Um, and so very much I grew up with, you know, this idea that the first man that I was going to be in a relationship with, which was when I was like 16, that's going to be my husband. And then obviously when it didn't quite work out that way, that was shock and horror. Um, right. But it, it was this weird adjustment where it, 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 I came to realize that that's very common here, that people get into relationships at a very, very young age, like very young age. I'm talking like 13 and they stay together till they're about 20. And then usually you have the big breakup of your 20s. Um, right. so for example, like I have one of my best friends, two of my best friends have gone through that recently where, you know, they've been with someone for years and years and years, the entire very early teenagehood and then early adulthood, and they just broke up. And it's this adjustment period of like, I'm an adult now, but I've never, I never dated as an adult. Like, what do you do? And I think one of the conversations we've had with my friend um, is that people are so disposable, especially yeah. when it comes to like dating apps and everyone's on board with it, everyone knows it. And it's so weirdly natural now that we just click away or like, like you say, you know, like we, we, we it's almost like you like have this schedule of human beings, do you know what I mean? And you're, you're just like, okay, who do I like more? Who do I want to go home with? Who do I, and everyone's doing it. But it's crazy to think that that's just how easy it is now that you can just see so many people all the time and they're probably having three four dates you know a week with all these different people and it's just so normal um and i think that's something that i still find a little bit crazy even though it's it's the new normal but i still kind of take a step back sometimes and i go wow that's crazy how many people you can meet if you want to you can meet hundreds of people within a space of a couple of weeks especially I've come out the other side where I actually just last year I called off my wedding I was getting married again to another person and I called it off uh, I canceled it with six weeks to go and I I met him on Bumble the, on the dating app Bumble and we were together for like three years but in the pandemic we were stuck together and you know things just don't work out and I realized a lot about him and things I don't want but 
I still was in this kind of frame of mind that, um, you know, I met someone on Bumble and the bar was so low because like you said, you can meet so many people and they're all kind of okay. <laughs> I guess they're not like, not everyone's not this amazing person. And so this man, um, he was he was nice, which was, I was like, oh, he's nice. And, and he took me out on a date and I was like, oh my goodness, he took me out on a date. And these were all very basic things. But I was so naive that I was so excited. And as we continued dating and we became exclusive and we got engaged and it all happened so quickly because he was a little older than me. So he's 40 now or gone out 41 maybe. And he wanted to get married and have children. And I was not, I'm not interested in having children. And, um, and I was already married and I just wanted to live a little bit. And I realized as I started dating him that he is just the bare minimum <laughs> and that he the best of all of the people all of the yeah he was the best of the bare minimum on the dating apps so i think that like dating apps have really shifted us to expect so little of of men of what you're looking for and so now i've kind of flipped it where i go on so few dates in order to get me out in person face to face with you you have to go through so many barriers that i'm just single for like the rest of my life i mean you but it's crazy how much you've learned through those years where you've gone through that journey where it was like everyone 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 kind of like just want to meet everyone and i want to go out to now being like you have to earn being able to take me out and to go out because the bar is so much higher um you've also said that you're navigating single life as a self-proclaimed fat black social activist um yes and you do say that you um, um perform and talk about your dating stories on uh, the stage in dc um that's the story district is that right yeah story district it's a storytelling show um or a storytelling group here in dc the moth is also um, a big across the us i'm hopefully going to go up to new york and compete there um and I would love to go be international. I'm going, I, I, I'm in Europe a lot. I've never been to the UK ever. Right? I've never been to London, and, um, but I've never been to the UK and I travel to Europe a lot. And so I'm hoping to do some shows out there. I think that would um, be amazing. I think a lot of people, I mean, my um, audience is predominantly American. So anyone who's listening, um, I highly encourage you to go out. And I bet there's a lot of people who already do have those experiences and they do watch these shows. But that was the first time I've ever come across it. And I was like, oh my God. Because the only thing I guess the closest I've heard to it was like stand-up comedy. But that's already for like yes. established and, you know, usually... Exactly. It's kind of, it's not stand-up comedy, but it's like, I like to treat it kind of like that. So I'm, I'm on stage telling a story, but I like to tell a story and the best storytellers tell a story as if we're at a bar, like we're at the club and I'm telling you what happened to me. So for example, um, last October, I was in Iceland for this guy that I met on Tinder. <laughs> I you- flew out. <gasps> I spent a lot of money. <laughs> so basically, okay, so I told, and, I, and I, I'll tell the story on stage one day, and I told it on Twitter and just got flamed. It was awful. <laughs> but basically, and I, and I, so basically what happened was I, um, 
I was in Iceland on a girl's trip last year because I called off my wedding and I was like, let me go and just travel some more. So I just was left. I was, you know, um, I was vaccinated and everything. So I was like, let me just get on a plane and get out of here. So I was traveling with my girlfriends all over the, the world. And one of my friends, went, we wanted to go to Iceland. So we went, it's easy trip for us. You know, it's nice middle ground. Sorry, I just hit something. Um, and there, she was delayed. And there was this very, very attractive... Um, I like to I like Tinder in Europe because it's better, I think, than in the US. I always have a good time on Tinder in Europe. So I was in Iceland and this guy, we met up for dinner because I was alone for the first night and I was bored. And he was half Irish, half Spanish. And so he had this thick Irish accent and he was a surfer, a pilot, all of these things. His Tinder profile was him with dogs. He was so handsome. And he drove this nice BMW and he was wearing like Carhartt and it's like, great. I was like, check, check, check. And then we hooked up and it was amazing. And so I was like, great. So then when I came home, we were texting and he said, come see me right now. And I said, okay. And I got on a plane two hours later. (laughs) I literally, I put my dogs in daycare. I packed a backpack and I ran. And I thought to myself, I want to have an adventure. Like I, I obviously I was safe. I sent, you know, my family his information, where I'm staying. I got my own place, you know, I, all of that stuff. And so, if he was, and I'm a strong person. I'm, I'm also, I'm mo- bigger than most people I date because I'm a, I'm a big woman. And he was some scrawny thing. Um, so I could have like picked him up and thrown him if I wanted to. But, um, and I get there, and it's like we have a good time and we're having fun. But then eventually on day two of a four day trip, he turns out to be very conservative, racist. He called me a slur and everything. And he, and so I threw him out of my Airbnb and that was on day two of a four day trip. So I was alone. (laughs) And I, and so the next, that night or the next day after he left, I went to a pub and I was just standing, like standing on the bar telling people this just happened to me and I, and that's how I tell on stage I will just get on stage and say so this happened to me and it's so fun that's why I love I love storytelling because you your the faces you're making are like yes exactly this is real yes and I think you would love the UK because people here I've never been to America but speaking about um central and like eastern Europe people versus the UK people here are so receptive and so friendly like uh, that is the biggest difference between like Eastern European and like kind of those kinds of people like where I'm from originally versus here is that you can make friends with anyone and if you stand up in the middle of the room and are like hello people I have something to say they will listen and they will have so much fun with you it is the best thing ever you can like make friends with anyone especially once they've had a little like a little bit to drink everyone just wants to be friends with everyone so i think if you could um go international please do now that i would definitely bring all of my friends because i think this would be such a great such a great show um but yeah so i i would i would 100 recommend it what about say you know again and and apart from your stories because i think i don't want to kind of you know get you too much to be like oh reveal all your reveal all your secrets for all of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> um but i just wanted to kind of ask you you know the the biggest differences between like what you thought it was going to be like what it was like um what you've learned 
and you know just kind of angle it a little bit more that way before I inevitably ask you to tell us one story yeah the are we talking about dating um yeah oh oh man so I didn't I didn't date a lot as a kid um you know like you were saying 13 year olds I didn't date I mean I I had maybe boyfriends but not anything real I never understood how people would have a different boyfriend every week like how was it how did it mean anything if you could forget about them and go to the next person so I never really had a boyfriend until the first one and then we stayed together forever and when we broke up I I had no idea what I was doing my expectation was that someone would find me amazing and fall in love with me and that would be it but I kept going on all of these first dates and nothing was happening and nobody was texting me back or they would text me back but they just wanted to hook up or and my expectation was really in like fantasy i expected that dating was fun and interesting and everyone would love me because i'm great and i really had to learn quickly not everyone's going to like you and that's okay that was like my biggest lesson was not everyone and that doesn't i was very insecure so i would say okay well you know, if this guy takes me out, then of course I need to give him a second date because who else is going to want to date me? And that's a big, big lesson that I learned is lots of people want to date me. Lots. <laughs> um, and the, like I learned kind of like who likes you. Be with people who treat you well and treat you kindly. And I also need to be attracted to them. So like those two things that need to line up. But when I was going for people who were very nice to me, but I wasn't very attracted to them, it didn't end well. When I was going for people I was really attracted to, but they didn't treat me very well, it didn't end well. <laughs> so I needed this like middle ground. So the reality of dating was that I was exhausted. I was going out all the time. I had one outfit that I wore to every first date and I went to the exact same place and I ordered the exact same food. And I would show up and they would say, oh, Ansa, okay, yes, she's back. I was here two hours ago. So <laughs> um, I tried to make it, I tried to have a strategy. And really in the end, I learned that um, being single is awesome. <laughs> it's, I've kind of become who I've always wanted to be, who is this badass single person who rejects people left and right. Um, and I have like a, a new rule. A man has to send me either proof of vasectomy or they need to donate to uh, an abortion fund or a women's rights fund to talk to me. And so men are sending me their medical records. They're sending me receipts <laughs> just to talk to me. And if they, if they message me with, hi, how are you? I say, have you read my profile? And that's how I respond. <laughs> It sounds like, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have had this transformation from kind of being a little bit like, like soft and being like, I just need to take whoever kind of wants me because who else is going to want me to being so incredibly selective. I mean, I've never heard of that before. And that's yeah. incredible. I'm too, wow. The vasectomy part is just, is just for fun um, because I like to see their reactions because like men are always like, you know, what kind of birth control are you? Like, no, you are the one who has the baby making ingredient. So what are you doing? 
you know what? This is really weird because me and um, my partner Owen, we were just talking about it the other day because that's what my dad said. He was saying, he was like, he said, I th- um, there might be like an overlap somewhere um, in, in these like attitudes because he basically said he was like I he was like I, I, I can't I, I feel uncomfortable about this conversation of you going to the doctor or like your mother going to the doctors and doing all these things to their bodies he was like it's just weird I don't like it I don't like that she has to take all these hormones um or like that you have to take all these hormones you know you're really young and whatnot and he was like to me it was always like it's the man who wants to have intercourse with you it's the man who has the power to you know to put a baby in you it's on him to be safe and he should always do it especially when he was saying you know like contraception a lot of the times for men doesn't have any side effects apart from maybe you know mentally in terms of less pleasure but on a woman's body has such incredibly profound effects and 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 they're never good um so yeah it was just crazy because that's exactly what he was saying he was like i just find it crazy that there's such a push for women i mean as soon as again some of my best friends as soon as they were like 13 14 they were like 16 put on the pill um just to you know mood swings or acne or whatever and it's, it's crazy how normal it is again it's crazy that you know for for years and years and years i mean coming up to like 20 years or something you'll just be taking this hormone all the time right it's it's crazy also because a vasectomy is it a quick outpatient procedure it's reversible it can be expensive because it's not always covered so i do concede that but i just two months ago had my fallopian tubes removed as birth control and that is and like they have to put you to sleep they have to do all these things it's it was an easy easy surgery and it was free um because of the way that our healthcare system works in the u.s so for any listeners in the u.s the um, affordable health care act does cover female sterilization um if you have insurance so i didn't pay anything but that was because my iud had stabbed me causing incredible pain and all of the hormone side effects are terrible and i said wait a second I don't want children, so that's a totally different conversation. But all of this up and down for years, for what? When I know I don't want children, so let me just take care of this. And then any man who's like, oh, thank God, so now we don't have to use condoms. And I say, no, there are also STDs and you need to worry about disease. But they're so quick to just not have to do anything. So my standards are so through the roof in the best way. And I have so much fun. And the people I do spend end up spending time with are they're like top tier i shock myself my even my therapist because i because of course i'm in therapy i have been through a lot but my therapist is like well damn <laughs> like these, these guys are hot <laughs> and i shock myself and it's like like um i don't want to ramble but like one of the the lessons you'd asked about like, and one of the yeah, you, one of the lessons I had learned was that, like, um, I thought that my ex-fiance, the guy that I left last year, we had the best first date and we were so fun and everything. But as time passed, and now that we're not together, it's been over a year, I realized it's because I'm fun. We had a good fun date because I'm fun. <laughs> like, he's bored. I'm the one who's, like, shaking us up and taking us here. And even when he was taking us everywhere, his friends were the really fun people, not him. And what I've learned is that I say proudly that I'm I'm fat um, because 
I was so worried that no one would want to be with me because of my body. And that's the opposite. A mature man, if you're if you're in a heterosexual relationship, a mature man isn't really thinking about that. Because I get them with my personality. I will walk my friends, like, I don't know if they hate this or not, but <laughs> I walk right up to men and I say, you, you're handsome, what's your phone number? And that's that. And that's how, and like, I always have a man. It's easy. <laughs> men are easy. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, my fiance is called Owen and he says, we, we, again, we have, I mean, this is why I got a podcast because I said to him, I was like, I know you're sick of me talking your ear off. <laughs> and I was like, this is why I need to, you know, just be able to talk to someone or even myself. But he said before, he was like, you don't realize how little men actually care. Yeah. He was like, the entire industry is so focused, but it's a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, it's women fueling women, being like, you need to be this, you need to be this, and you need to be that. And he was like, but honestly, he was like, when has a dude ever rejected you on your outward appearance? Where he was well, like, oh. one time. Oh no. <laughs> Well, okay, so my first date after my divorce, a man showed up and he looked me up and down and he said, nope, and he left. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't let that stop me, but I was determined and I was like, oh, but I look so good. I thought I looked so cute and everything, but then he was an outlier. He wasn't even that cute anyway, it's fine. But still, like, I meant... You're right, fast forward to last summer, I was with this hot German doctor and he was like six foot four and he he was so ripped and muscular that he had the V in his hips, you know, and he he just was so tall and beautiful. Blonde hair, blue eyes, it was it was kind of weird. Like he was just a perfect black woman and, it, and I'm a black woman. And like, for some reason I was like, this is so odd that you've like selected me but I'll take it. And he was just gorgeous and smart and nice. And it just didn't, it didn't work out for many reasons, but I had so much fun with that. So I didn't give up. That was another big lesson. I just, because yeah, I, I don't want a boyfriend. I want fun and companionship and good sex. And if I phrase it that way, then life is good. Yeah. Is good. Yeah, because then you don't also feel like in a weird way you're failing because there's no expectation that you need exactly. to maintain a relationship it's not like oh god i haven't found my next boyfriend or husband or whatever it may be you're just like well i'm not looking for it so it, it's, doesn't matter. it feels so free like that i'm so free and i do i know i have friends who are like obsessively looking for a husband or they say oh i'm i'm 30 and i don't have a husband and i think well what is a husband to get if you do you want a partner do you want someone who's going to help fulfill you? So do you want someone who's going to be there for you? Or do you just want to say you have a, a partner? Or do you want to just say that? Because it's easy mm -hmm. to, I can, I have, I've had two fools proposed to me in my lifetime. It's easy. But if I, do I want a good partner who's going to uplift me and fulfill me? Like that would be great too, but I uplift and fulfill myself. I have yes. different types of love in my life, like friends, family, my dogs, myself. I am fulfilled. And mm -hmm. the more I think about it also, this house I painted all of this, you know, myself and like my house, I can't imagine a man in here. Like <laughs> this is, I, I, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, I think it's like, like grosses me out when I think about it. Like, oh, so your stuff would just be here? 
do you know what you've just reminded me and i don't know who said it. i think it was an actress but someone was like why aren't you married and she was like i don't want someone living in my house yes <laughs> I, and I, I i saw it on tiktok and i forgot who it was but yes exactly i don't want someone living in my house and I, I think i think about that a lot because i you know lived with my ex-husband i lived with my um, ex-fiance and I was living alone in between all those times, and I love it. I decorate the way I want. I have a lot of art that's like naked black women. <laughs> it's like people with my body type and their roles and their pose. And then I did a boudoir shoot, so I have um, my like framed photos of myself <laughs> in my room. <laughs> and so I, I like. I could never do that with someone else like who has to live here. So I think if I ever got in a, a serious relationship, it would need to be separate. Like he, he would need to live somewhere else. And I've also kind of dabbled in, you know, I'm not sure about monogamy. Like I, I, I'm not sure about it. I don't see the purpose of. of do you know what? I'm gonna stop you right there because this is I, I can tell this is gonna be a great conversation. Before we get into that one, yeah. you've just also reminded me about, you know, when you were saying that the dating apps kind of made us feel like we need to settle without realizing that we're settling. Um you've just reminded me that because I have become so selective. I feel like I can relate to you a little bit, a, a, a little bit, even though my dating kind of journey wasn't, you know, multiple like months or years. It was maybe, I think it was like a couple of months when I got out of that serious relationship before um, before Owen's drunk sister stumbled into the pub and said, my, my brother really likes you. And I was like, oh, great. Oh, <laughs> that's <then> wonderful. <laughs> and then Owen then asked him out because he was too shy, but um, before so that, <laughs> I started being really, I started getting really sick of people wasting my time on Tinder, yeah. especially. And so it got to the point where in the end, my bio, or I remember the first two words or like the first couple of words was like, I'm not your mom. Mm. I will not compete with your mom because I had a lot of people be like, oh, you look really cute or whatever, but can you make, you know, dinner as good as my mom's? No, I can't. Really? I don't want to. I don't, I am not like like Freud sat there looking at you like it's it's crazy there's been so many men who make like references to their mothers and essentially saying you need to compete with them without outright saying it you know just being like oh you know on Sundays I'm at my mum's so you better you know make it worth my while that I come over and spend a week no no and so that was one of the things and the next thing was like I started getting really strict about my boundaries and yeah. one of the things I got told when I said this on the internet was I do not compromise with my partner because I don't need to compromise with my partner. And that got so many people so heated. And I was like, I made a selection, we both did, to the point where we don't need to compromise. And I mean, you know, buying a sofa, one of them, you know, one of the partners wants to be brown, the other one wants to be black. It's a little bit different mm -hmm. than actually compromising on, for example, work or living, which country you're gonna live in, whether or not you're gonna have children. How do you compromise on that? And I think, a lot of people a lot of people were really annoyed because i said you know i said basically what happened with me and that one was i sat him down when i realized you know when we both realized okay this is getting a little serious and i said okay he here's the thing and i said maybe i'll have one child very late on i am very career focused i do not see myself having children i was like i am going to move around all the time um i said i i am willing to cut out 
virtually almost anyone in my life in order to succeed in my career or in whatever it is that I want to do, if I want to change my career or whatever it is. And I will not let anyone stop me in that. And, you know, I said like, if you, you know, are someone who wants to stay in one place and buy a house and get a mortgage, then it's not gonna work because I'm not gonna do that. And he said, nope, perfect. And we have not argued, and I know people don't believe me when I say this, but we haven't argued once yeah. since we need to get there because it never gets to that point. We have great communication skills. We don't need to let it build up until it explodes. And also we don't need to compromise on anything because we've selected each other so that our personalities kind of match like that. And I think it's because people are dating of, you know, Tinder and Bumble and whatever else. And a lot of the time they kind of settle with the first person who's maybe not quite right, but it's nice, you know, they're nice, they take them out. They're like, this is the best it's gonna be. And I think a lot of the time when you are so strict and you have such high standards and you're like, actually, no, I'm gonna be very, very yeah, selective. I, I think, yeah, I think we should be friends because I 1000% agree. And I was just smiling the whole time you were talking, just thinking, yes, this is what I'm trying to beat into my friends <laughs> who are going on so many dates where you have to know yourself first. If you're going to, if you're going to settle with someone, you should be very clear on what you're looking for. So I have friends who might who say, oh, well, this guy says that he likes to go scuba diving and he wants someone who likes scuba diving. And I say, well, do you want someone who goes scuba diving? And they say, well, I could. No, 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 no. And so what happened with, with me and my ex-fiance was the opposite of what you experienced, which was, I, I thought I knew myself very well. And he would, and so for, I live in Washington, DC. This is home and home base. I travel all over the world. I love it, but this is always, I'm always gonna come back to here. I like having a, a home base. And he would say, oh, well, wouldn't moving to Berlin be great? And I, I was gonna move to Berlin and make Berlin my home base, but I, did, I changed my mind because it was too complicated with my dogs. So, but, but either way, he would say, okay, well, yeah, I was thinking maybe I should move to Toronto. And it's like, you don't know what you want to do with yourself, do you? And he'd say, oh, maybe I'm going to be a librarian. He was a, an attorney. So it would just like shift. It, it felt like he was really floating and up in the clouds. And so we kind of clashed a lot because I'm very like, I know what I want. I know who I am. I, I'm ready to do this. I'm not going to let anyone stop me exactly what she said. And he was very much like our personalities were complete opposites. And so I kept asking them, why are we together? And I would say that to him, like, hey, I don't think this is going to work out. We don't have a lot in common. And he would cry <laughs> or he would get really upset because he was so desperate to find anyone to be with him that if he lost me, he always said I would have to leave the city. I would have to move away. And he did. After we broke up, he moved away. And it's so dramatic. But in, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, goodbye. Like, I hope you find someone who's who's better suited to you. And for me, it's just a matter of anyone who gets through all of these levels and barriers that I'm setting is going to be great. And I'm not so tied to any one person that if it's not working, I'm not going to stress, I'm not going to obsess. Thank you for your time. This has been great. I hope you find someone to work And I mean, it's it, two things. One is I always said to Owen, like, again because I just talk his ear off and I talk and talk and talk and then when he's not around I always talk to my mom and then she you know she's like look I need to go I've got stuff to do and I'm like no no, no hang on a second <laughs> what about this part of, of whatever conversation we're having but essentially I said like 
I should be at a, like when people say like a relationship's 50-50 to me I'm like no it's a hundred and a hundred I am a hundred percent of a person I'm not waiting for someone else to give me 50 and I said and before I get into a relationship I need to have that hundred so that whatever you give me that's on top of that I need to be a whole person mm-hmm. and I don't need to be with someone I want to be with them and I said and to me, that's a bigger compliment. If you don't need to be with me, you're not tied to me financially. You don't need to be with me because we've been together a long time and your family knows me. You don't need to be with me because you're living in my house under my name or whatever. It's you have everything of your own. You want to be with me. And I think that's such a great compliment because out of all of these people, you could be with anyone. You're completely independent, but you chose me as a person. And I think I would take that over someone who, you know, is kind of, it's at least almost like a dysfunctional relationship because if you're very much like motivated ambitious and know exactly what i'm doing and there's this partner that's kind of floating around trying to find themselves it can impact you as well but on the other hand impact them as well because they're on this journey of self-discovery they don't know what they're doing yet and yet they have this partner which is very you know kind of straight they have a direction don't know where they're going they can't move away because they don't have time for that that's not what the career is about whatever whatever and it makes that both people aren't happy and they're not going to achieve the full potential because one of them is going to suffer because the other one's going to you know be successful and you don't know who that's going to be so i feel like it creates this internal conflict of almost being in competition because it needs to be what i want what's best for me because it's so different yes exactly i i mean i i you took the words right out of my body because that's exactly exactly how i feel is that in order for me to be compatible with someone they i need to know who i am and they need to be compatible with me so if a guy tells me that i'm too um selective or i'm rude or i'm like my my um my ex told me once i was aggressive and i said well that seems like a you problem because this is who i am and i and again i'm the one who's i'm in therapy i read all these books i make sure communication is great and i learned that the problem was that i was communicating my needs and and putting expectations on him by saying you know hey i need a partner who does x can you do x and he would say no that's rude you shouldn't expect that and he would gaslight me into believing that i wanted too much and he would say you want too much from someone no one's ever going to give that to you so we stayed together for so long because i was really like you said it impacted me he really broke me down and would say i'm too ambitious you're too aggressive and i would say well maybe he's right okay and then when we broke up when we finally broke i threw him out of the house actually i made him pack his bags and trash bags and get out because i was like absolutely not i'm done with this i i am not who you say i am i'm who i say i am and i want someone who you know it's it might sound rude because it's expensive to live alone right it is and i understand that i live in a very expensive city but when someone who's my age has roommates or lives at home or whatever i'm trying to get better at judge not judging them and rather asking how much do you contribute to this household because my ex lived in a house with a bunch of roommates and i wondered has he ever cleaned a toilet has he ever done the dishes does he you know because it's one thing like okay fine i get it for money's sake that's fine but when we move in together i'm still cleaning and cooking and doing everything that i was doing 
but you're not adding to that. So if I got someone who showed up and was like, I'll cook and clean, great. You're making my life yeah. easier. But yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I think men also hyperfixate on the contribution just being financial. Yeah. And he wasn't con contributing financially either. I was making a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, and I think they think like once you contribute financially, that's your job done. But it isn't. Like if you and the thing is like if you can contribute financially, what else can you contribute in the mental department? Can you, for example, like you said, can you even do housework? But even if you know for some reason like you do some of the housework, but maybe you're not that good at it because you know you've never done it before in your life because all of the women in your life were always doing it for you. Well, what about the kind of mental aspect of it in terms of can you uplift me? Can right. you listen to me? Can you push me to, you know, be a better person? Can you push me to succeed in whatever I'm doing and all of that stuff? And I feel like that is never talked about and that's always overlooked. Like, I think it's such a huge surprise when women find a man who can listen. And like, when again, it's the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. I had had a really stressful work situation and I was very upset about it. And I was considering quitting my job. And I was like, and I ended up did, I ended up leaving, but I was so stressed every day. And I went to talk to him about it, just really upset. And he said, you know, most people in your situation just suck it up. And I immediately shut down and was like, I came to the wrong person. And it's such a shame because I really wish you were the person I could talk to this about, but you're not. And he didn't understand why I was upset. He said, I'm just giving you good advice. And, and I, I just was like, I appreciate that you're, you think you're doing a good thing. But what I really wanted to hear was, it's going to be okay. How can I help? What do you need? You know, and then I just thought to myself, this man is living. We're living in the same space. I'm making my own money. I pay, you know, my fair share. What do I need him for? And the answer can be nothing. And then it was, it was nothing. And I said, well, do I want him? No. I don't need him and I don't want him. So what are we doing here? And, and I, because I've only had two serious relationships, I'm very bad at breaking up because I feel like we, we as a society have this idea that like you said earlier, ending a relationship is this big failure. And that's not true. It, it, you're not failing in the relationship. The relationship has failed you and it's time for you to try another thing. But holding on to a, a bad relationship is worse than being single a thousand times worse. I would rather be single as I am, living my life as I want, doing what I want, than be with the last two guys I was with. Than with the guy who was rude to me. Then just so I can say that I have a boyfriend? No, no thank you. It's and so I like I want so badly for more more women to really think about this because nothing changed housework wise before and after. I think about like in my next Yes, it gets it gets lighter, and the mental load of having to do it gets lighter as well. So funny story, my next door neighbor after my boyfriend left, it was a very public, dramatic thing. So and none of my neighbors were so nice about it. Like, oh, did did he leave? And I'm like, I know you saw him leaving, um, <laughs> but they were so nice about it. Great, so, right, we, we oh no. So um, so I I was cutting the grass 
which he would like, rarely do, or I'd have to beg him to do. And it's such a tiny plot of land. It took, it takes five minutes to cut the grass. So I was cutting the grass for the first time and I stopped and I said, wow, this is a lot easier than he made it seem. And so my neighbor came out and was talking to me and she said, oh, did he leave? And I said, yeah. And she said, she's an older woman. And she said, yeah, I noticed you were doing a lot around this house, around your house. And then he was always just kind of sitting and watching you. I didn't know, I couldn't tell that other people could see it too, that I was buzzing around. Like I never thought of, I'm sweeping outside, I'm cutting the grass, I'm planting these things, I'm watering the plants, and he's just nowhere to be seen. And she said it. She just she just said, I always wondered why you were with someone when you were doing a lot. And he's he looked like an older older than you. I said, Yeah, he's older than me. So when he left, it's easier because I'm not begging anyone to do anything. I'm just doing it. It's, I was gonna say it's it's almost easier to just be told like I'm not gonna do what you do yourself because like thank you okay now I can stop you know kind of running for it and asking you to do it and I can get out the drill and do it myself so I know exactly. it's gonna get done but also like it, there's nothing more frustrating again speaking from past relationships when there was nothing more frustrating when I would come home you know as a student with a part time job and I would clean the entire tiny apartment where he was also living, even though he said, you know, I'm not gonna pay rent because I don't technically live here. And it's like, yes, but you're here to them till 9 p.m. when you go home and then you're there for the night and then you come back again. So technically you are living here, you're eating the food, you're using the gas, the Uh electric, you know, and he was like, but I don't live here technically. You know what's crazy? Sorry to interrupt you there, but you know what's crazy is this was happening with my ex-fiance when we first started dating and I charged him money. I charged him, I sent him a Venmo request for $100 a month, which is like nothing relative to what my rent was. And I said, you're always here. You're always eating my food. You're running up my bills. And he thought it was so cute. And I said, it's not cute. It's just the truth. (laughs) It's just, this is what I need. And he told everyone, oh, it's so cute. She's charging me because I'm always there. And I was like, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and then, you know, it's, and it's great and it's pristine and it's clean. And I'm like, you know, that inner peace you feel once you finally mop the floors and you hoover and do that and you light that one candle. Yes. And you're like, yeah. You always have to light the candle. Right at the end, right at the end. And then he would come in and within 10 seconds, there would be a mess everywhere. And yeah. it's like, what am I doing that for? And who, and like, then you're least, here to mess up my space. And at least when you're single, that's done. And you can live in it for three days or four days until it starts getting a little bit untidy. Cause you know, you try extra hard as well because you know how much work goes into it whereas they probably don't um unless they're doing it so they just walk in and it's all messy and the next day you have to do it all over again and it's absolutely exhausting it's mentally exhausting and i think that labor also doesn't get really recognized i think more so now because our generation kind of is like right i'm done with this now and i'm not having this anymore um but just and on top of that women who choose to have children are my absolute heroes i don't know how you do it especially from the ones who are still in that kind of very even i don't know if traditional conservative but that very much you know stay at home look after the children and then also cook and then clean the house and then sometimes they don't have the luxury of staying at home they also have to do all of that and work most of the time they have to work <laughs> and i have no idea how they do it i have no idea i, I could barely work and take care of my house and take care of my dogs and every i thought like being with someone i don't like waking up and walking the dogs you know no who wants to like wake up first thing in the morning and walk the dogs so we would trade off and but every time he walked the dogs something would happen to them 
they would eat something off the street, they would get sick, they would get loose, they would get attacked. And so then I would say, you're not even good for walking the dogs. <laughs> like you're not even helpful there. So then I'm walking the dogs and so I'm getting up. And so what? one day I said to him, what benefit do I get out of this relationship? Because on top of all of that, not only do they get, you know, the, the cooking, the cleaning, they also get regular sex. Yes, probably. exactly. And the sex was not great. So I'm not getting like good sex. I'm not. And so like, I, and I, I'm saying, what do you think you're giving to me? And his, he couldn't answer the question. And he said, yeah, but most relationships are like this. And I was like, nope, you're not going to gaslight me into thinking that this is and then all said, relationships are like yes. this. But then I said, honestly, if if you're right, if all relationships are like this, then I don't want a relationship. And he and that's that was my final straw, where I was tired of him kind of saying in my ear over and over that like, you're wanting too much, you're all this yada, yada, yada. And I said, fine, I don't want anybody because this is torture. But it must have, I was going to say, it must, have, it must be so awful to be so chronically miserable and say to someone, well, this is just what it's like. Yeah. Why would you Why? choose that? When people say to me, like, marriage is hard work. I've never said, I've never heard my parents say that. They've been married for like 28 years or something. And they've never said marriage is hard work. They've never, and I'm like, I understand that different people have different relationship dynamics get people who you know lose the temper quickly or they just say what they think and whatever all of these different factors but i was like to me that shouldn't change anything at all yeah i don't want to be in a relationship where okay well actually let's put it this way life should be good most of the time life should be happy good most of the time I, I would like it to be, if at all possible, if it's within my control, for my life to be good most of the time. And if I'm in a relationship and 50% of the time it's bad, I'm not, a, I don't want to be in it. If I'm in a relationship and most, and there's a, people will say, you know, older generations, oh, there were five years where we hated each other. That's a long chunk of your life to just like wake up every day and hate the person next to you. <laughs> for what? To what end? Hate. Strong like, right, to hate, and you're like, right hate is a strong word too so i don't ever want to be with someone like that i i hate i might say you know i really don't like the way you're treating me so and there's there's um there are boundary tests right that i have with guys and my friends will tend to text me and say how do i respond to this guy and i'll say okay you test a boundary if a guy says um or, or rather i want to facetime or do a video chat with every person i meet on a dating app who asks me out if I say, I like to FaceTime first, when when are you free? And they say, oh, no, I don't do that. We're done. Because I just said, for my own safety, this is what I'd like to do. And you're saying, no, okay, fine. And then, if, so let's say they want me to meet up at their house. And I say, no, I'd rather meet up in public. And they say, oh, come on, we're done. Because I have set a very clear boundary and it gets even worse. There are some men out there especially in the U.S. right now with women's rights being just crazy, there are um, still men who are refusing to use condoms or who, who say, oh, I'm safe or whatever. And I'll say, I need to see your records and or we're using a condom. And they say, oh, no, I'm safe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is such a basic boundary thing. This is my body we're talking about. So before i feel like i didn't have those boundaries i was so loose and so desperate with my time that i, I just i just let anyone treat me any which way and i still ended up single so 
why not live a happy also, life? Like, I was going to say, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, you'll yeah. be single, which is fine because you're not fucking. Yeah, and you're not even fine. It's great. You're enjoying it. You're actually it's enjoying it. So <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's it, there's nothing that can really go wrong. Going back to the conversation about monogamy, I think that's very interesting as well because I've heard so many different opinions, so many different people and so many different perspectives that in the end you do sit there and you're like, well, you know, again, this is not something I've ever done research into just because it wasn't ever really part of my life or kind of, um, you know, polyamory, I think, yeah. Um, It was just never part of my life or anything that I ever really thought about. But at the same time, you know, you hear all the time, cheating is such a normalized thing nowadays. Like, I feel like everyone either has been cheated on know someone that's been cheated on know someone who cheated like it's just like if you really sit there and think about it it's constant and someone once said that they were like well if it's so prevalent could it be that we're just not meant to kind of be with one person forever and i think what i think about it is that i think people are supposed to have a lot of partners maybe up until a certain age when they eventually settle down with one singular person. But I think a lot of the time they also settle very quickly. Like again, I thought I was, I met my husband at 17, 16 years old. That's just illogical. That's just, it just can't work. Right. (laughs) Even if you really wanted to, you will eventually feel something called lust. You will eventually, because you're a child, you're a teenager, and then you're an adult and you're all within that same person, you know, like that, that you only have that one person. And I just think it's illogical to be like, oh yeah, sure, settle down at 16, I'm sure that will work until you're 89 and eventually die. Like, I don't think it will. So I think we're just getting into these relationships too quickly, but I'm dying for you to tell me about, you know, your experience and thoughts. So when I, when I broke up with my, when I got divorced, I wanted, I didn't want to settle down with one person again. Um, for or that's what I thought. I thought I was polyamorous because I I was maintaining four or five boyfriends at a time, which is you have to get my schedule right. But I just had a bunch of guys. They right, but but it was also like okay, I have this guy for that and this guy for that, and it was kind of nice because I didn't have to really put all my eggs in one basket. I wasn't ready emotionally to do that because what happens if I put all my eggs in one basket and that basket breaks? Now I have to collect all of that and put it in a new basket. And what if that basket breaks? And then it's at the time, I just thought this is not something I want to go through again, which I think makes sense. I had just gone through a divorce and the end of a 10 year relationship. But then I met my my last guy, the um, ex-fiance, and he was better than everyone else I was seeing. And I was talking about him a lot, even to my other boyfriends. I was just like, yeah, this guy's really nice. What do you think about him? <laughs> And one guy said, we should probably stop hooking up because you sound like you really like this guy. So I got serious with the other guy. Did they know that they weren't the only ones? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, not not in a, such a way where this and this is where monogamy comes in and polyamory comes in. And all of this discussion is that the default is that we are monogamous. That's just not true. It's that not we as in not human beings, but we as in me and the other person. The default is that we are not exclusive until we say we are. Yeah. Right? So yeah. they knew I, like, you're not the only person I'm, yeah. I'm sleeping with. Um, and it, so that was clear to me. And I Which don't care. Which is crazy. Now that you say it, now that you say it, it's crazy because it's almost like you are polyamorous until you say, okay, we are, we are monogamous. Exactly. Within each other. Because so that, yeah. yeah. 
You're and right. that is called um, conscious monogamy, where there are couples who say they are consciously monogamous, as in we have chosen to be monogamous. Oh my God, right. Um, completely yeah. given like a completely different perspective and i'm like yeah of course because even when you're dating you're not just dating one person waiting until that person is like we shouldn't be seeing each other anymore you're dating multiple people at once a exactly. lot of people, especially you know probably when you're younger or when you just started to date and you're in that crazy stage of oh my god i've just re- less, left the relationship you're probably sleeping with multiple people um right. over the, the the months and whatever else so you, as you say it is it's kind of polyamory until we say okay that's that's gonna stop now right and there's like there's a language issue as well because polyamory is both a lifestyle and a a way of being so there are people who choose to live a non-monogamous lifestyle Mm -hmm. but non-monogamy and polyamory are not exactly mutually exclusive right so i like to say non-monogamous and monogamous Uh right because polyamory there are polyamorous people who know that they cannot be monogamous because right. they have the capacity to love multiple people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that I cannot be monogamous, but I choose not to be monogamous right now. Yeah. So there are a bunch of books um, also, More Than Two and The Ethical Slut are two. Um, I'm gonna have to grab those, that's a fascinating. So I read those books at the time because I, I had the same kind of, wait, what is polyamory? What is non-monogamy? So am I non-monogamous? Am I polyamorous? So I read these books and I learned so much and I realized that it's somebody has to be really, really great for me to not ever want to be with someone else. And that's how I kind of concluded it. I came to the conclusion that this guy that I was going to marry was, he, he couldn't be the only person, the last person that I'm with. He just couldn't be. The sex wasn't great enough, first of all, to just give up. And and second of all, like, he just wasn't, he wasn't good enough for me to say you. Yeah, you over there, you're the one. And again, I think a lot of people like think that is such a shocking thing to say, like that person isn't good enough. But I think it's so crazy, again, when you kind of take a step back from it and think like, people really think you're going to meet this other person and then get into a relationship with them and then spend your entire life with them. You don't really know someone until you're like three years in living with them. Yes, thank you. Like you don't yes. really know them. Like you don't, you don't really know yes. what they like. You don't know the deep dark secrets. You don't, you don't know. So it's crazy that again, like we see it as almost like failure when it's like, well, actually after five years, I realized who they truly were and it wasn't compatible with me. So how can I be expected to spend another 50 years with them? Oh my gosh, people were so shocked when I called off my wedding and they said, how did you not know sooner? And I said, we've only been together for three years, not even at that point. And I said, I, I've seen enough, essentially, is what, what I came to. I said, I've seen enough. I've learned enough. I've seen enough. It's he's over time. The patterns have made sense to me now. I'm putting it together. And some like very a rare group of people said, well, when are you going to find someone else who wants to marry you? And I said, maybe never. And that is OK, <laughs> because I would rather, again, be single than be stuck oh, with this asshole. <laughs> like this scary single lady. Oh, I know, like, ooh, you're gonna die. And I said, well, how am I supposed to rest in peace if I'm not single? <laughs> I think the worst thing that can possibly happen to you is that you're single and, you know, older, for example, 70 or 80, and you still don't have a husband. It's like, come on now. Like, I I mean, my life is 
so great. It's so, and I, I have nieces and nephews. I am the aunt who's always traveling and always sending little gifts. So I'm the fun auntie, right? I've got that, and I'm the rich auntie. I'm not very rich at all, but they don't know that. <laughs> so I'm the rich auntie, and I'm always, you know, like, I, I'm gonna be the person who shows up to like the family reunion in a fur coat or like the funeral yes. fur coat. And like all of my cousins know that I'm the one who's always in Europe or Mexico or something, just like gone. <laughs> like they never know where I am in the world. And no one ever knows what I, where I work or anything like that. But they do know that I have a house and a car. Amazing. That's literally what I said. Um, I was like, what I want is to be incredibly successful. And I never want to be like the wife of. I want my husband to be like the husband of Dr. Something Something, first of all. <laughs> and I was like, so I want this big, beautiful house and I want all of the kids in the family to sit around the table at Christmas and be like, when is Auntie Sarah coming? Because she's always got the greatest presents, the greatest stories. She's up, no one really knows what she does for a living, but somehow they're doing very well for them. And I'm like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And whether that's me single or me with a partner, it doesn't matter because but you have that no clear one can direction. Stop me and no one can take that away. And what I like, I thought, like I've, I've had, for example, I've had really bad like financial um, ups and downs. After my divorce, I was really financially wrecked. And when I met my ex-fiance, he was really helpful when we like moved in together because he could pay the first month of rent and then I paid him back. And that was nice to have. But I, I always land on my feet. So when we broke up, he said, you know, good luck affording the house. He had no idea that I had gotten two promotions. I just didn't tell him. So I was making a lot of money. I was making like triple his salary, <laughs> but I didn't, I just didn't tell him. <laughs> and so he left and he's like in the state of thinking I'm poor me is gonna have to figure it out somehow. And I'm literally buying cars, traveling, like I'm going. And, and you know, I, I just, so long as I can take care of myself, I'm happy. And so long as my dogs can, you know, are living a good life, that this is their room technically that I'm in, um, you know, that they're then they're happy and I'm happy. And so, yeah, so you would ask me kind of the biggest, what are the lessons and just kind of going back to that about monogamy and the lessons I've learned that like, I'm not starting with monogamy. I'm not looking for my soulmate. I'm not, I don't know that I believe in soulmates. I think the whole thing is propaganda to get us all to couple off and make children. But what happens if you don't want children? I don't want children. So then finding a husband is not for me to start a family. Like they, what is it for? Is it to have a partner? Then the two of us can be a power couple and build our dreams. Like, what is it? So I'm not desperate. Is like, the, I should get that tattooed on my forehead because biggest like outcome is like huh I'm not nearly as desperate as I as I once was and I feel at peace I feel like I feel like I've made some really crazy wild decisions and they've all I'm alive <laughs> like did it kill me no so I so it was fine it worked out <laughs> and I'm much more in my in myself do you think especially because I think especially through corona a lot of people have had a reality check in terms of their relationships i've seen relationships fall apart because suddenly you are stuck together 24 7. um i mean i'm lucky enough to say that it's uh, i mean it's just giving me separation anxiety now because i don't want to leave the house anymore so i'm actually so i was a little bit scared when it first happened i was like because you know i mean with 
Owen, we haven't been together for super, super long before it all kind of, you know, came down. Um, so I was a little bit nervous in terms of like, oh gosh, because again, I remember in my last relationship how much we used to argue when he was working all the time. So never mind now that we're stuck in the house and it's genuinely just the, you know, anxiety and the stress of the world around you and you just can't escape it. So I was like, oh God, like, you know, I'm a little bit kind of scared, but it, it's, it, it was great. But again, I see a lot of people break up and a lot of people kind of go in, I didn't realize that this person was like that to that extent until we were stuck together in the same house for that Yeah, long. definitely. With my um, ex-fiance, we had just bought this house together and we were going to get married. So that day in February, 2022 or 2020, we had gotten our marriage license and closed on this house on the same day. And it was like all, everything was going wonderfully. But then, and we had lived together for like a year before that. So, which was okay. But suddenly there are things that were wrong with the house that I thought, okay, well now that we have a lot of time and I'm home all day, I'm gonna do a bunch of house projects in between meetings. And he was no help. So I'm like drilling over here. I'm building this furniture. I'm doing this and he's not doing anything. And I'm saying, okay, well this house didn't have air conditioning. So how much is it gonna cost? Okay, it's gonna be $10,000, $15,000. Let's pay for it and split it. No, that's too much money. So I'm not living with air conditioning because this man doesn't wanna do this. And so little by little, it started to build up where I really resented him because he would play computer games all day between meetings while I'm fixing up the house and, and re researching things and you know nesting. Um, and when, so I realized, and maybe this is the case with other relationships in the pandemic is, when you have a sudden, a lot of downtime, you really see what people would rather be doing with their time. So yeah, would they rather be, and that's fine to say, I'm gonna relax and watch movies all day. That's fine, I do that a lot, just relax. Or are they going to decorate or what are you gonna do with that time? And weeks and weeks of me decorating, hiring contractors, doing all, and him doing nothing was exhausting. Um, a contractor would come to the house and he would open the door and yell for me and say, Ansa, they're here, and go back to playing his computer games. And I would be sitting right here in a meeting. And I, I was an executive at this big company. So I, and a new executive. So I'm trying to like, you know, focus. And I'd say, hold on one second. And I'd run downstairs, open the door, point them to the kitchen and come back upstairs. He could have done that. Isn't it? And it's almost, again, it's this weird obsession with the mother, mothering of your partner. That yeah. I just could not do and again I think it's because my mom is an absolute badass and she does not tolerate and I, I, I grew up thinking she's really strict but now I'm I'm older I realize she just doesn't take shit from other people and my dad it, my entire life was like men only want one thing you need to be independent you do not need a man it was great it's great I'm so grateful that they brought me up like that but again yeah. it's this mothering this like the fact like the, if you just swapped fiance for son I could have believed this time. <laughs> it would, exactly. I mean, there were so many times where I, I like I would cook something and he would say, well, my mom does it differently. And it's, I don't give a shit. I don't care how your mom does it. They go ask her to be your mom. <laughs> yeah. And so whereas in contrast, the German guy that I was seeing briefly after that, he cooked me dinner multiple times. He brought me food that he had made. He um, he was he was a scientist, and so he wasn't making he doesn't make that much money, and um, and he had just gotten to the country from Austria, so he was German and Austrian, and he had just moved here, 
So he didn't, he was living at a friend's house, but every time we went out, he paid for everything. He did, like, he was just a gentleman. And I thought to myself, like, this is the type of guy that I would like to be around. Maybe, like, he wasn't like the one, you know, but still, because he's not perfect, no one's perfect. But I was like, this is getting there where, like, he, he, he had forgotten salad dressing to bring to my house. So he opened my fridge and took things out and made salad dressing from scratch, which is something I would have done. But my ex, I remember I asked him if he could brown some some meat or something for me and he didn't know how to do it. He was poking at it like a child. And I just thought, you're 40 years old. How do you not know how to do this? And like, this is a story actually. Um, and let me know if I'm just rambling and I'm taking too much time. But. This was a red flag I should have seen as far as the mommy like situation goes. Uh, on my birthday, a few months into us dating, uh, maybe a, a little less than a year into us dating, um, he wanted to take me out to dinner and near his office. And my birthday's in January, so there's snow, it's freezing. And I got my nails done, my hair done, everything. And I took the train out to his office and he was supposed to pick me up and then he, didn't show so I called him like where are you and he said oh I left the lights on in my car so my car battery is dead okay he could have told me that uh, <laughs> before I came out here so I said okay what are you gonna do and he said I'm calling AAA they'll be here in uh, two hours so I just walked up to a cab driver this is a, a lot of these men are not resourceful is the problem I have so I walked up to a cab driver and I said, excuse me, do you have jumper cables? He said, yes. And I said, okay, can you take me to this place? So he, I take the cab and then I take out the jumper cables and my fiance, boyfriend at the time, doesn't know how to jump his car. And the cab driver doesn't want to do it because he was wearing sandals with socks. <laughs> and he didn't want to get his socks wet in the snow. <laughs> I mean, understandable. Understandable, <laughs> right? And here I am with my fresh manicure pop the hood here, pop the hood here. I'm jumping, I'm doing all of this. And he he told this story every time we saw friends. Oh, Anne's is so cool and resourceful. She jumped my car and I'm thinking, this is so embarrassing. I would not tell anyone this if I were you. So I'm jumping his car, I get it started. And, and the whole time he was so excited. And then like that happened. Then he needed me to tie his tie because he didn't know how to tie a tie. So I'm tying his tie and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he thinks these are cute bonding moments for us. And for me, I was resenting him more and more because one time, fine, you don't know how to do it, but you can go on YouTube, you can figure it out. The second time- That's a pattern now. Okay, so you forgot to learn? Okay, I'll help mm -hmm. you. Get it together. So he was an attorney and every morning he needed his tie tied to go to work. He would say, honey, like it was so cute. It's not cute. It wasn't cute. He never learned how to tie his tie. And I told him, I don't know how I know how to do that. My ex-husband was a, a naval officer. So maybe I learned then, but I have, I don't know how I learned, but I would be tying his tie and I hated it. And he thought it was so fun and resourceful. And I just thought, I don't want to take care of another person. This is why I don't want children. I already have dogs. I already take care of myself. Why am I taking care of? But now also imagine that like, if you do have children or if you were the person to choose to have children or whatever else it may be, if there's a little person in your house, 
you're also now got two little people because he will never learn that so now you not only need to tie his tie you also need to then bend over and tie tiny laces together and then you need to pack two lunches and then you need to do it twice and on top of that you still have your job and your house to take care of and the dogs who he still won't walk because something will happen and it's like you just put more and more and more on yourself it's so unnecessary i have so much more fun and freedom by myself like i'm going to um i'm doing a scandinavia trip at the end of the month and i just leave i put my dogs in daycare and i get out of flight and i'll say I'll be, i'm gone for the next week I download Tinder beforehand so I can build up my roster um, and people I'm going to meet while I'm there. And I have a blast and I like I don't have to I don't have to confer with anyone. I don't have to say, hey, is it okay if me and my girlfriends go to Mexico? Just do it. I just go. Yeah. And I like that freedom. Mm -hmm. I love that freedom. That's incredible. And I mean, I'm really enjoying my life. Yeah. I think honest, I think we've done our bit today to just destigmatize single life and also i think i feel like yeah <laughs> i feel like if you haven't learned anything today then you have not been listening because i've learned so much about just little bits and i honestly think takeaway message for me personally is that standards are changing women's standards are changing dramatically and we're no longer accepting mediocre um and i think a lot of partners just need to pull their shit together and i think the bar keeps rising um and i think it's like one of those where it was cute at first and now after years and years of it people are like right okay i've done i've done the mediocre i've done the low standards i've done that i'm tired i'm exhausted we have so many opportunities the borders are opened again people are making money on the internet people are making money from home people are selling pics on the internet like you can literally make money doing whatever it is that you want to so no one now is like tied financially yes. to a second person and i think people are starting to realize this is cool i can be at peace with myself and be happy and i don't need another person so i'm going to be more picky with the next person that i want you have to be really really cool if you're going to interrupt this piece that i have going for me and the bar is so high and it's okay if it's impossibly high that's okay i would rather like I would rather just sit here and live my life and travel and have fun and do what I want to do than be tied to someone who's not absolutely great. I notice I didn't say perfect because nobody is perfect, but they've got to be really good. <laughs> they and they are really good. I mean, thank you so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed this conversation like so much. Do you want to just tell um, everyone who's listening when? and where you are also gonna perform because I do believe that you have tickets on sale now and um, I've seen on your website, I think it's called The Body Show, is that right? Oh yes, yeah. so I'm actually, I'm updating that because I just did that show, oh, unfortunately, okay, okay. but I have more shows coming up. Um, so thank you for checking that out. Um, so, and I'm, I'm gonna update my site after um, after we close here mm -hmm. um, to send everyone to ansaedam.com slash everywhere, which I'll launch when we um, pop off. And you'll see all my upcoming shows. You'll see um, kind of where I'll be when, and you'll be able to subscribe to my newsletter, um, which I'm building up. And it's a newsletter called Red Flags. <laughs> and it's just weekly, bi-weekly. I'm still trying to figure out how often people really care for this. But just a very short list of five red flags. Oh, That's it. That. Things that you should look for um, in men, in partners, red flags that I've learned. And my next show, my closest next show is actually next week, the 18th, mm -hmm. in, at um, Big Bear in Washington, D.C. 
So come see me tell a story. There is no theme, so I don't know what I'm going to talk about just yet because I have way too many nonsense. I have a sex sent me to the ER uh, story where I def I had an ear. I have six stitches in my ear from sex. Um, <laughs> from um, yeah, so I have that. So I have a lot of stories. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the next show is going to be at Big Bear, and um, it's a free show, and um, where is Big, Big Bear? Is in Eckington? But in either way, in Washington, D.C., people who are in D.C. will know where that is, yeah. um, where Big Bear is. It's a pretty big deal. Um, it's a, like a, an establishment. Lovely. And come to my website, ansaedim.com, uh, slash everywhere, which I'll launch, and you'll get all the information all the for details. how to subscribe. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let you go because I've took so much of your time today. Um, but again, thank you so much. And I hope to speak to you again at some point, because I believe that we could do this again. I think this is, this was a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, this is so great. Thanks for having me. Thank you.